Cocaine. <gasps> and everybody wants a piece of it. Hmm. I, I do. You understand? Yes, yes, I do. That it? You got anything else for him? No, that's all you... You're just going to show me the crack in front of the Challengers Club? I want the crack. Is that... No, that's all you want? I want the rock. I want the crack cocaine. <laughs> crack cocaine! That's, that's all I need, Greg. I don't need that. I'm high on life. Oh, you are oh, so high. Oh, that was an episode, wasn't it? High on life? I don't know. With was the it? Twi- that, that was the one with the twins, with the anti-drug music video. Oh, damn, right. That's right. <laughs> right, after one, the twin that killed herself, and then the other one took her place. Yes, and she was filming- No, didn't the- kill herself. One had, She cut herself free. She cut herself free to save her sister's life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right, and there was the anti-drug- Roxy, music, the right? music video, yeah. High on drugs. I want to get high on life. It didn't make any sense. Like the the women, like in the tank and the was, water, right, the like raincoats. Like I don't this know. Abstract thing about that, but you know what, Greg? We're not here to talk about high on life. Mm. We're here to talk about crack. Crack. <laughs> We're here to talk about crack, guns, bubbles, and butts. <laughs> nah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Welcome to Mouths and Memories, everybody. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mellets and Memories, episode 136. Woo! Today, Greg and I will be discussing season 7, episode 11, Guns and Boys. <laughs> I love I love apostrophe N. Guns and Boys. Guns and Boys. Is it an apostrophe or apostrophe It's apostrophe N, N is yeah. how it's written. Guns and Boys. Like Guns and Roses. Sort of like Boys in the Hood. Oh, so I wonder if, the, I wonder if it's a playoff of Guns and Roses. Or Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Because I think Boys in the Hood was also with an with an apostrophe. Right? I, I don't I think so. I think this would have been pre Boys in the Hood. Yeah, it was. Boys in the Hood. Okay. It was nineteen ninety one. Uh I don't know what year what month it was released, but I'm gonna bet it was a summer release, summer ninety one. So it would have been pre this episode because this was the middle of December. Okay, so the boys and stuff is like pretty popular. So Guns and Boys is probably the boy, like a boys in the hood for television, because I mean, this was like I think this was the height of like the turf wars, like the gang wars and all that. Like I think this was pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, um, this was very heavy on the PSA. In fact, I think uh, a long time ago I used to refer to it as it's very heavy on the PSA ness. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of PSA ness in here. <laughs> this was very heavy on the PSA. Yes. Um, we. We have MacGyver gets on the soapbox. We have Stumpy. Stumpy gets on his soapbox. I loved Stumpy. Um, Faux Cynthia gets on her soapbox at one uh, point. And we'll we'll talk about all them in a minute. But yeah, this... um, There were a lot of soapboxes, and I think the whole episode itself was on a soapbox. I do too. And I think this is, like I said in the last episode, episode 10... This is going to flip because Greg's rating was significantly higher than mine, and last episode, my rating was higher than Greg's. I think we're going to see that for the next, what? Oh, Greg, we're three episodes away from the end after this. Oh, man. So close. Should we get into it? Yep. All right, let's do it. Guns and boys. Here we go. So, that scene you just heard was literally just outside the the new and improved Challengers Club. Now, are we are we going with the fact this is a new challengers club or are they trying to portray this as the it's still the same challengers club i think it's like because you see the boys and girls club of america and like symbol like beneath the Challengers, which is like a trademark infringement so and it says very clearly on all of the shirts they're wearing and on the front it says challengers club boys and girls with the hand with the with the hand holding the hand so the handle that's what it is it's like i i know you got what I'm saying. Yeah, I did. But I'm just thinking, so yeah, it's 
are the do the boys and girls club do they sponsor it or did the phoenix foundation funding finally come through for the new challengers club i'm gonna like, say what? it's the phoenix Foundation. no i think i'm not i'm gonna go with the fact that we have faux cynthia yes and a challengers club that apparently is entirely different and new oh absolutely that i think this is just the seventh season challengers club all right because it's in a completely new location, like it's out in the wide open. It's a huge building with like these giant basketball courts, mm-hmm. and literally right outside this Challengers Club, uh, we we have one of our main antagonists named Player G. <laughs> Player G is trying to sell drugs, or he's trying to convince one of the one of the boys in the Challengers Club to sell drugs for them inside the club. So he's trying to get this kid named Bobby mm. to sell crack to other kids inside the Challengers Club. And it's great the fact that he's, you know, trying to make this deal or trying to convince him to do so uh in broad daylight in front of the Challengers Club with probably 30 or 40 people playing outside, etc. all this stuff in the parking lot holding yeah. crack cocaine out in front of him waving it around and then bringing him around to the back of his ride, opening the trunk and it's full of automatic weapons. Right. Offers Bobby a gun to defend himself when he's trying to sell these drugs to the people inside the club. Yeah. Like but no one bats an eyelash because it comes to we come to realize that the this gang known as the Oliver Street gang mm. apparently they're widely feared in this area. Like it's that this is like this their, is their turf. This it's is their, their turf. It's their turf. And we learn that there's some folks who are at the Challengers Club who are from another part of town and they're not welcome even though the challengers club should be neutral territory right it is not it is it is it is right in the territory of the oliver street gang Mm. not the other rival gang the ice boys (laughs) boys with a z do we know that for sure I want to assume it is. I want to assume it's the Ice Boys or the two rival gangs in this area. We 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 meet them later on, but I just want to I want to keep that I want to keep the thought that there's another ba- uh, another band, another gang out there called the Ice Boys and I think they probably have a really good album as I well. Ho- I would hope so. So, inside the club we meet um Faux Cynthia, Regina Jeffries. Now, it's not Cynthia, it's it's another name. It's not Cynthia Wilson. It's right. a different actress. Her name is Regina. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the head of this new Challengers Club. They don't explain. I mean, I, they didn't need to explain where Cynthia went. I know. I know what this is. This is the. This is the. Um, uh, sorry, the Challengers Club slash Phoenix Foundation Oliver Street Division. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what that is. So that's why there's there's a sin, not the Cynthia but Regina. So is this a Phoenix Foundation sanctioned gang? <laughs> I'm going to say that, sure, <laughs> they're there to do, like, uh, social experiments. Done. Fine. I love it. So there's this whole dark, nefarious side of the Phoenix Foundation. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what is that? That was my cell phone just rang. <laughs> the Western theme from MacGyver. <laughs> that, that's your cell phone ringtone? That's my ringtone. Is the Western theme of MacGyver. I'm glad we shared that with everybody. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. <laughs> As you shouldn't. So so Regina is like standing outside the Challengers Club, and she's standing there with her two sons, Brian and Kelvin. Not like, Kevin. Kelvin. Wait. Kelvin? Like the like color temperature? Yes. His name is Kelvin. Okay. Definitely Kelvin. <laughs> not Calvin. Not Calvin. Kelvin. Okay. Definitely Kelvin. Okay. So she sees across the way play a G doing some shady business on the other side of the basketball courts. Brian, who we find out shortly after this moment, is actually a former member of the rival gang to the Oliver Street gang, Mm -hmm. tries to get himself involved and wants to break this up. But Regina kind of holds him back and essentially was like, no, let MacGyver handle this. Yeah. Because M- MacGyver is well-versed in, in diffusing gang turf wars. Right. Because he volunteers at the Challengers Club probably for that very reason, oh, sure. I guess. But I love that. Let MacGyver handle it. Let MacGyver handle this. Damn it. Going to put him up. Yeah, right. My guy's like, son of a bitch. Every time I come in to volunteer, such a fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, put Mac up against an entire gang. Of just, like just five to, five guys. With guns. Okay, they're heavily armed. Heavily yes. armed. And MacGyver's just like, yeah, I, uh, I, I got this. This is, this is fine. Don't it's worry okay. about I've it. I've had guns pointed at me before. 
So MacGyver goes out there and he starts to defuse the situation, but Brian follows him and play a G tries to kind of like provoke Brian to attack him by mm-hmm. like hitting on Regina. Mm-hmm. He starts like making comments about how attractive she is and how, oh, that can't be your son. You're too beautiful. You're too young to look like that. And so he's really trying to provoke. Mm. Um, and it works because Brian goes after Player G. But as Brian's going after him, Player G, oh no, Brian pulls a gun on Player G. He does? Yeah. Brian pulls a gun. Brian had a gun? He did. And then MacGyver says, hey, hey, chill it what? out. No, he didn't. He did have a gun. Did he? Yeah. Player G had the gun. Was it Player G? Yeah, he pointed the gun at back at because he's the one s- trying to sell guns and have all this shit, the trunk full of guns. All right, so Player Gun pulls the pulls the gun. Player Gun. Oh, my God. Player G pulls the gun. Yes. And MacGyver's, my favorite line, MacGyver's, hey, chill it out. Chill it out. MacGyver really knows gang speak. <laughs> yep. He really knows how to defuse a good gang situation. <laughs> like in a, chill have you ever watched Snuffbox? No, great film. There's a not film. It's a TV series. Anyway, yep. uh, there's a line. There's a line in one of them. He's like, "Just take a cool tool." <laughs> what? Take a cool tool. That's just like chill out. I have no idea. It's just bullshit. <laughs> I think, but it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So the cops show up because at this point, uh, Regina has sent Kelvin to go call the police. Mm-hmm. So the police come out. The gang sees them. They get in their car and they drive away. And uh, Sergeant Mullins is the officer who gets out of the car. Kind of gets up in MacGyver's face and warns MacGyver, like you don't, you don't really know what you're getting into. And of course, I'm like MacGyver never knows what he's getting into. <laughs> he never knows what the hell he's getting into. The, yeah. The cop Mullins tells Brian, he's like, oh, I know. You used to be, uh, used to be one of the Ice Boys. You used to work in that. You used to be part of that gang. He's like, don't you worry, you'll be back with them eventually. I'm like, wow, real ni- like this is a real nice but, cop like, here. This cop was just like, I right off the bat, he was an asshole. Oh, he was a complete dick. Like, not even it's like, who are you? And MacGyver was like, I'm MacGyver. MacGyver, huh? Yeah. Like, where's and he said, where's the marine that usually works here? Yeah, like, the challenge Hines. Hines, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like oh, he's gone for a couple of days. Can Richard Roundtree? I know. It's nice to see he's still got a job there, though. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so the cop basically tells Brian, oh, don't worry. I know you used to be part of the Ice Boys, but you'll be back there eventually. So, all right, bye, guys. You don't, yeah. you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but have fun. See ya. See you later. And he just, like, so the dumb. Cop just leaves. So we cut to Regina's at dinner time, And, of course, MacGyver has been invited over for dinner, as he is known to be invited to all of these things. And Brian is complaining he's like you know player g keeps pushing himself into the into the club's neighborhood he's trying to recruit his younger brother kelvin he's like he's trying to recruit kelvin as a as a a ganger is what they start referring to each other as Mm -hmm. as as gangers um uh, regina who we find out has lost her oldest son eddie uh, brian and kelvin's brother in a gang related shooting Mm -hmm. tells brian like stay away from the oliver street gangers and I'm like, this is it. This is our first PSA. They're going to start talking about gun control. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. And they start getting into it a little bit about how they need to like stay at, keep the guns off the streets. And mm-hmm. MacGyver kind of like goes out to the window. And as he's well, MacGyver gets really angry at um what at um at Brian Brian. Yeah, he's like, when stop follow, don't do this. Stop following in the footsteps. You just have to stop. Right. Stop. People are going to die. It's pointless. Like, you know, and Brian's basically like, you know, he disrespected my mom. If we have to fight fire with fire, we can't just trust the police to do anything because they won't do it. Right. We have to take it into our own hands. Yeah. And MacGyver's just like, come on. Right. You, he's so fed up. He's like, ah. He is. God, he is so beat down by this by this point in the season. Yeah. He's completely beat down. So, like, he goes out to the window, like, the big picture window in the front of the house, and he like he's just looking out the window, and from the corner of the shot, you see a car come around, and then we see Player G, like, comes out the window, mm-hmm. and they just start opening fire yeah. on Brian's house. Right. Uh, bullets go through the walls. One of the bullets actually... Uh, hits Regina right in the shoulder and she goes down. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, I, and I could see you saw it immediately. Like the way that the bullet hits yeah. Regina, like flips she just around, yeah. recoils back and hits the ground because MacGyver screams, "Hit, hit the ground, hit the deck!" And like the house just gets chewed up by bullets. Yeah, and uh, right off the bat, you know, she goes down and the car goes away, and he knows exactly who it is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and 
so basically Brian and uh, his brother Kel- um, Kelvin, Kelvin. Jeez, Kelvin. Like, is mom okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Brian runs, grabs a gun from underneath the couch. Nice hiding place. Just keeps it loose underneath the couch <laughs> and runs out the front door as MacGyver screams, hey, stop. Yeah. No, he'll stop. Like, yeah, he'll. Yeah, exactly. And and it's just like, ah, that's it. She just. And he runs out, goes try to chase him down, which I guess makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so I'm imagining that MacGyver probably did something prior to the paramedics arriving to treat Regina's bullet wound because mm. she's kind of she's stabilized, she's up. I'm I'm not sure if she's even in a sling or anything like this she, at yeah, this point. She, this is what gets me. So the next scene comes back, and there's there are cop cars, and there's like like an ambulance out front and everything, and they just treated Regina in her living room. Right. It's like, it's a bullet wound in your shoulder. Like, they would take you to a hospital. Yeah. I oh, think. absolutely. And But no, they just kind of patch her up, and she's sitting on the couch, and MacGyver's like, we're going to go find, you know, we're going to find Brian and all that stuff. But, like, it doesn't seem like much is going on. It really does seem like the cops are just like, bleh. They're Yeah, they're just, like, ambling about their day-to-day business. Not mu- They're not putting much thought into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I wrote, home surgery for Regina? Like, they just fixed her all up on the couch? Yep. Didn't even take her out into the ambulance. Do you think the bullet went clean through her? Do you think it got stuck in her shoulder? I don't know. I have no idea. It does, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but she got hit. Yeah. So Regina tells MacGyver or asks him to find Brian, basically, like before it's too late, like mm-hmm. before Brian does something stupid or something something happens to him. So we cut to Stumpy's bar. <laughs> I love it. Stumpy's bar. I love this bar. It's a great bar. And Player G is there and all the guys are just hanging out and they're playing pool. What do you think uh, Player G's first name is? Do you think the G is his first name? I don't know. So I think it's like G for something like really terrible, like embarrassing, like George. George with a G. Yeah, it Play- could be. Player George. Player George. Hi, I'm Player George. Player I'm with George. the Oliver Street Gang. I'm selling magazine subscriptions. I used to be addicted to crack. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're at Stumpy's Bar. And they they're kind of they're really shitting on Stumpy. Stumpy's just like this this disgruntled old man. Mm-hmm. He's the owner of the bar. He's the bartender. He goes. He's the like he's the cook. He puts in the orders for all the food. Yeah. And they're, they're like, like oh, Stumpy, make us some, make us all some burgers, Stumpy. He's like, Yep, okay. Yeah. And then starts walking up from behind the bar. But they're not. They're like just kind of so many of them. He like they're blocking the way, and he just kind of looks at them. They kind of make some space for him. He kind of sneaks his way through. Right. Goes to the kitchen, I guess, to make some burgers. Now it's got to like. Hopefully they're paying him for all this stuff because there's a hope. bunch of guys in there. There's probably like fifteen, right? Uh, make some burgers and fries for everybody. Yeah, That's the, a lot of 15 money. Fifteen members of the Oliver Street Gang are at Stumpy's, right? Um, it's their local hangout. That's fine, you know, but they're kind of shitty about it. Yeah, um, just hope they're they're giving them some cash. I, I would really hope so because Stumpy needs it. Oh, Stumpy. Um, so Player G gets a page <laughs> uh, on his pager on his pager, and he goes outside and he meets with a man named Minton. Minton is a fucking jabroni. He is the creepiest looking mf'er. I like this guy. I loved him. I thought he was great. I thought Minton was the best. He was like right off the bat. I'm like, I don't think that Playa G knows who this guy is. No, he does. He looked high half the yeah, time. He, he looked was, like he lo- a serial killer. Oh, absolutely. He's, just, he's talking real slow. It's like, hey, what's up? Who, hmm. who are you? I got your stuff here. Hmm. But like all creepy, but almost like slimy about it. Like, bleh. yeah. And and he works for Minton Liquors or whatever the name of the company is. Hmm. So basically, Minton is the gun dealer and supplier for the yeah. Oliver Street gang. Mm-hmm. And he ships his supplies under the cover of the liquor department, uh, the, the liquor store. Yeah. So he ships them all in a liquor supply truck in liquor boxes. Right. And his name is Gunman. That's, that's they, the they, only way that uh, Playa G refers to him. He's like, Gunman, what's up? That's all that, yeah, they call him, they call him the Gunman, and that's yeah. it. And that they, I don't think anyone really knows his real name. We learned that later. But, like... I, th- I I just I liked Mint. Uh, I liked Gunman because he was just like he's like the boogeyman. Like this is a guy you do not want to do any business with. No, he actually he was in uh, a very prominent TV series mm. for its entire run back in the late seventies, early eighties. He was in Chips. Yes, he played Officer John Baker. Yes, in uh, in Chips, mm-hmm. which I thought was a fun little throwback. And for I him. thought he was great. Oh, he was fantastic. Uh, he was one of the probably one of the best parts of the episode. Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. So, 
Player G is trying to argue the price down on the guns because apparently three grand is too much for him to be spending on guns. And basically, he's like, he threatens to shoot Minton if he doesn't cave and bring the price down. And I love the, I love Minton's reaction. So he pulls the gun out and he just well, like drops the smile and goes, "Well, I guess I have to do what you say." Yeah. And he brings him to the back of the truck uh-huh. to look at the guns. And he's just so very slow and methodical. I'm like, God, he has such a. Such like a creep he's vibe. Fucking kill this guy. He was the best part of this episode. Without a doubt. No question. So, yeah. so Minton takes Player G around to the back of the van. He opens up and he shows him all the guns. Player G takes one of the guns and he walks back around to the front to go in. To sh- to well, get- he's like, I'm going to take this as like, as a, as like a, and I guess like as a, uh, I'm going to take it. You're not going to charge me for this gun and I'm going to take it as a mark of our deal. Yeah. You know, because he's like, I'm not going to pay all this money. And yeah, and Gunman's just like, okay, nothing I can do about that. And so at this point, I actually thought he was just going to buckle and give him the guns. I didn't see this next part coming. Yeah. So Player G goes in to like show the gang like he's got the guns. Mm -hmm. And right as he opens the door to go back into Stumpy's, to go back into Stumpy's, Minton comes around from the back of the truck with his gun and puts two bullets Mm -hmm. in Player G's back and kills him cold. Right. Meanwhile, um, Brian. Has he he's made it to the uh, the uh, the um the alleyway that this is all going down and kind of near Stumpy's because he figured that's where right the Oliver Street gang would be, um, and he's kind of hiding behind a dumpster yeah and he's like kind of hearing watching all of this go down and he's like shit like he's starting to look pretty freaked out absolutely he's like, I shouldn't have come here this is not this is not good yeah and basically Minton sees that Brian has seen him. He I don't kinda, know. He makes he there, there's a brief moment where Minton notices that he's there because in the next scene, well, because Brian knocks something over, like a bottle or something rolls down, and yes. Minton kind of like looks up and Brian books it, and so the Oliver Street gangers come out because they hear the gunshots go off, mm. and basically Minton tells them like that's the guy. He's the one. He just shot. Yo, he he's telling he he's screaming like the guys come out and they're like, hey, it's what's his name? He they just shot. Like, get he's like, get back inside, get back inside. There's someone out here who just shot um a play a G. Yeah, get out of here. Like go back in the go back in the bar. Gunman gets in his truck and books it. Right. And at this point, Brian's like, oh shit, I have to get out of here. Ditches the gun in a dumpster and then starts running down the the alleyway. Of course, perfectly timed. A, a squad car pulls up there. He turns around. A squad car cuts off his other. <laughs> Uh, right. exit so he's stuck there and then he gets arrested yep exactly and so we cut to commercial as he's like we know he's about to get arrested we come back and macgyver and kelvin have shown up on the scene and brian tells them like i just i didn't do this like, well they I didn't kill him brian's just getting stuffed in a police car yeah and and the funny thing is like macgyver and kelvin walk up and macgyver flashes some card some badge he has i don't know and the cops like yeah okay and they let him right into the crime scene with kelvin yep like don't i was like what what does he have it's probably the phoenix foundation probably carries enough weight yeah I would, right i would imagine maybe i don't i don't even know <laughs> i don't know but anyway that's where kelvin's like hey there's brian he's getting put in the, the police car right and then the car leaves and macgyver and keller are like shit yeah and so I think this next part, this is so we're at the station now, and MacGyver is with is there at the station with with Brian, and Brian basically tells MacGyver like this isn't going to make a difference that I've already admitted that I didn't kill him because one ganger's off the streets, one ganger's dead. Yeah. This doesn't matter to the cops now. Yeah, and we, that's got, the, we got two people off the streets. Well, the cop in the in the alleyway too, just before the scene, like said the same thing. It's like, see, I told you, one of them's dead and one of them's in the one of them's in jail. Like, right. it's just like. Nobody cares. No, absolutely. And um, I think, I don't, they, oh, MacGyver keeps asking him, like, did you recognize the man who shot Player G? And he's like, no, I didn't recognize him. I don't recognize who this is. I can't, I can't give you a name. I just, but don't, you know, why bother doing this? But he this, said, he's like, it's the, it's the same, it's the guy that sells guns to everybody. He's a white dude. That's it. That's, that's all it. he knew. And, and it's interesting because, like, this is where MacGyver is getting, like, so pissed at Brian. He's like, why don't you think I can help you? And Brian's like, why would you? Like, why would you do this? Like, you know, like you right. say you didn't kill this guy and you're not doing anything to help me get you out of here. And and, and it's like, it's like, uh, what was his, what's his name from the other challenges episode? The um, Booker? Book, not Booker. Um, the, the other guy. Breeze? Breeze. Yeah. It's like Breeze all over again. Yeah. It's like, man, I, MacGyver's just getting fed up with this. Absolutely. He's like, ah. 
And he's like, Brian, what's his righteous name? Right. <laughs> what the fuck is a righteous name? Is that is that the MacGyver version of like what's his fucking name? Probably. <laughs> MacGyver doesn't swear. And when MacGyver he and when he swear. does swear, like he can't do it. Like he fumbles. What's his? <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. What? <laughs> He, well, just can't, can't, he just comes up with bad insult, like bad names. <laughs> What's his pooping name? So somehow he ends up back, MacGyver, back at the bar to talk to Stumpy. Yeah, he goes back because he, he he's digging around. At, he goes back to the crime scene, which is that's like, right because w- because MacGyver, you know, he's just a private detective in his spare time. Right. He goes back to the crime scene and starts poking around. Like everything MacGyver does in this episode is like snooping, snooping. It's oh, like, absolutely, yeah, man. I don't know, but he's digging around, looking at the old liquor boxes that are outside, and finds like a box that's got like paper wrapping in it. That in the previous scene, the the gun that gunman was showing to play a G was wrapped in. Right. And so this is when Stumpy opens the side door to the alley. It's like, what are you doing? And MacGyver starts like asking Stumpy, hey, do you know anything about the guy who was back here? Do you know? He's like, I'm staying out of this. I don't want to have anything to do with this. And so MacGyver's like holding the um, the paper that mm-hmm. the guns were wrapped in. Uh-huh. He's like feeling it. Because he goes, you know what this is? And he's feeling it. I'm like, of course, MacGyver is about to tell us what this is. It was something called Cosmoline. Uh-huh. So the guns were apparently wrapped in this paper, which was lined with Cosmoline, which is a lubricant used to pack guns for shipping. And of course, MacGyver knows what Cosmoline is. Yes, of course. And he's like, yes. He's like, this, is, this isn't just anywhere. These were, there were guns in these packages. And uh-huh. Stumpy's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I don't know anything about people selling my, using my bar to sell guns. He's like, I'm, I'm staying out of this. I'm done. Get and, off my property. He slams the door. And he, like, yeah, it's like, you should, get, you should forget about it, too. And he's like, bye. Yeah, and so, of course, MacGyver keeps going through the crates, Yeah, and he finds the label for mint and liquor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's, MacGyver's going CSI again. He's like, all right, so guns are wrapped in this. It's in a box for mint and liquors. I'm going to mint and liquors. And that's exactly where he goes. He goes right to the shipping office of mint and liquors. And sure. I like this because the door is locked, but rather than like break a window or try to pick it, he pulls the air conditioner out of the window next to the door and just reaches around and unlocks it. <laughs> right, right. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quickly read this. Cosmoline is a genericized trademark for a common class of brown, wax like petroleum based rust inhibitors, typically conforming to the US to the United States military standard Milspec C one one seven nine six C. <clears throat> class three. They are viscous when freshly applied, have a light fluorescence, and solidify over time and when exposed to air. Oh, there you go. There you go. Cosmoline. All right. So MacGyver was dead on. He was. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was talking about. So MacGyver breaks into the office and he's going through the desks and he finds a few things that he's not quite sure. One of which is he finds a bunch of magazines. They're like gun magazines. And then one of them. Yes, Craig. I just have to. I don't want to... I'm going to derail this again. Go ahead. So MacGyver breaks and enters into this place. Yeah. Mint and Liquor's the shipping office. Yeah. He just... He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't go for any help. He doesn't ask for any Phoenix Foundation backup or anything. Nope. He goes in on his own and breaks into this place yep. um, on a hunch. Yeah. And the, the way he does it is, like, the door is next to an air conditioner. He kicks the air conditioner off its brackets yeah. so he can reach... He can reach around. Yeah. Manhandle the doorknob yeah. and open the door. I think you were reading about Cosmoline, but I had already said that. <laughs> huh. You were definitely doing research on Cosmoline <laughs> when I said that exact same thing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, boy. Well, so, well, everybody, now you know that MacGyver is a felon. He is totally a felon. So he finds like these gun magazines and one copy <laughs> of something called Black City Beat. Just like a black urban magazine. Uh-huh. And he's just like, okay. And he goes around, he's looking through more boxes, and he shakes one. And he's like, basically, like, that's definitely not liquor bottles. And he opens the box up, and it's just a box of shells, like gun shells, like shotgun shells and just bullets, mm-hmm. like sitting in this box. So the camera cuts to like a, 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 like a down shot of his face, and we see Minton, or not, we don't know it's Minton yet, but we see the gunman mm-hmm. come up behind MacGyver and Bean him off the back of the head with something. I'm not sure. If, I couldn't tell what it was. It was like a blackjack or a, some, a pipe or So he just whatever. drills him off the back of the head. Once again, MacGyver takes a headshot. Before we go too, too much farther, did we explain how MacGyver broke into this building? I think we may have one or two times. So MacGyver like kicked, kicked the air conditioner off the side of the, the building and, and gave the, the doorknob a handy from the inside and opened it up. Go on. That's what exactly what he did. 
So he beans him off the head. MacGyver takes another headshot once again, unconscious. But he, not completely, unco- kind of like uh, he's just like kind of like, holding his head. Like, uh, 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 and and Minton Gunman is just like can't have you doing this. Can't. He's like being really weird. He's like mumbling to himself, yeah. kind of. And just drags MacGyver into the next room. Takes his ID and looks through it, which I thought was interesting because now we know his first name. The ID is completely uncovered because you remember a couple seasons ago when, pe- like this, the episode where in the woods, yes. where they kept holding up the IDs and they were blocking the name. Yeah, like Murdoch was holding up his ID and that. Whatever and you couldn't see his first name exactly. But this is fully visible and it doesn't say Angus MacGyver. <laughs> it just says MacGyver, and I'm like, okay, so his IDs never actually had his first name on them. He's just monolithic. Like My name is talked about first name redacted MacGyver. That's because he doesn't. He no, hates um, his first name. I'm looking for a redacted MacGyver. Uh, they're redacted here. That's me. Uh, sorry, for legal purposes, could you could you give us your legal first name? No. <laughs> it's redacted. I'm not going to do that. Redact- no, it's not. Redacted. It's redacted MacGyver. Sir, are we going to have to send you back to 7th century medieval times? Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. I'd like to do that. I miss Cecilia. I'd like to do that a lot. <laughs> I miss Cecilia. I, lis- I miss Ian Iver. <laughs> I never get to... I, ne- I was reminded of that. So another tangent... When I kept hearing them say MacIver, mm. I was reminded of that very, very, very early, like first season South Park episode with the guy who had the rare bone marrow disease that ref- that wouldn't let him pronounce the T in Planet Arium. <laughs> I kept thinking of that's like he's what? he's like I have a rare bone marrow disease that prevents me from pronouncing the T in Planet Arium. And I was thinking of that, and I didn't say it the last episode, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, <laughs> p- clearly they have a... He, that, can't, he can't pronounce the G in MacIver. <laughs> MacIver. Oh, boy. Anyway, so MacIver wakes up, and he is locked in a fairly bare-looking room. Untied. Untied. By himself. With um, a few things that he's going to piece together, and... Um, so I'm going to start at the end and then work my way backwards. So MacGyver crafts a beer cannon. <laughs> a beer keg cannon. A beer keg cannon. And the way he does it is fucking amazing. <laughs> he he breaks loose a piece of heating duct piping like up above his head, like a fairly long piece of heating duct that yeah perfect pulls it down mm-hmm. then he like he braces it to the i don't know how the hell did he brace he found it? a ratchet strap or a tie down and tied it down to a pallet that happened to be in there oh okay so he ties that down to the pallet slides the beer keg into the back end of the pipe yeah then he pulls together some wood he gets the alcohol that's clearly in the room obviously they're at a shipping office for liquor uh-huh. uh he finds a match like a half used matchbook in a standing ashtray that like three matches but left. But like after he set everything up and it's the whole thing is dependent on him having fire and he doesn't have it and he just he on a whim digs through the ashtray and finds half a used and match. Did you book. see his Yes. He's like, Yes. It's <laughs> like he had no idea this was gonna no. work. He never does. And nope, I love it. He never does. So he, he he douses the wood in this in the bin with um with the alcohol and then he lights it on fire and he puts the fire underneath the back end of the keg and basically starts to boil the beer inside the keg Uh so that when the back of the keg releases and the pressure pushes it out it's going to shoot the keg through the door which is exactly what happens i don't know like this i liked i like this for for that i think that this would actually this is so stupid so first off he found a heating duct that was the exact internal diameter as the outside diameter of this beer keg of course it would second he picked up the beer keg as if it was empty. Yep. There's no way. Those things weigh about 160 pounds. He would have had to like, ki- like just kitty corner yeah. all the way down the... They're w- heavy. Third, he lit a keg. He tried to ex- burst the keg, the valve. It wasn't even the valve. It was just where you attach the uh, the tap to at the top. That fire. Like, if you've heard stories about people throwing kegs into bonfires, they don't. they blow up. Right, they kill people. But doesn't it take a while? Because I yeah. don't how the fi- that fire was not that big. It no. w- it would not have taken that quick. It wouldn't have blown that keg up at all. Right, it would have barely started boiling in the time, or would have even barely heated the beer up in the right. thirty seconds that he lit that and, thing up. And if that keg was full, there's no way it would have heated it up. That's too much thermal mass. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. If it was almost empty, there's a good chance it would have built up a pretty good head of steam. Right. I still don't know if it would have blown up with a garbage can, like a, a small little, no, 
a waste paper basket yeah. can of fire. A small rubbish bin. A rubbish bin. A rubbish bin of fire. <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't matter because it worked. It worked and it blew the door off and MacGyver runs out. You know what probably would have taken the same amount of physical energy in a shorter amount of time? A shoulder? Uh, or, or just take the actual keg and use it as a battering ram and right. hammer the door down with it. Right. Absolutely. That would probably would have been just as good. Throw it at the door a couple times. Even if it was empty, a couple of good whacks with like a, you know, a 15 pound aluminum keg against the door lock. I was going to say smash it on the handle. They're probably more like 20 pounds. They're heavy. They're they're heavy. They're really heavy when they're empty. 25 pounds. Three or four shots to the doorknob. Gone. You would be fine. No questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a little more satisfying. Yeah. I I don't know. uh, I hated to love this MacGyverism, but I think it was pretty funny. It was pretty fun to watch. So MacGyver decides that he's going to go back to Stumpy's. So he heads yeah. back to Stumpy's, and he's like, Stumpy, do you want these kids' blood? Do you want this blood on your hands? He's like, you need to tell me if you saw anything. And so finally he kind of cracks because he's like, he tells MacGyver, he's like, yeah, he's like, listen, he's like, this guy, his name is Minton. He's supplying guns to the gangers, and he's like, well, do you, well, can you tell me about Minton? He's like, all I can tell you is I've got a contact number for him. That'll be it. That is, that, that's as but good as But he also mentions you. that he, 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 I don't know, he mentions that Minton supplies his liquor. Yeah. And he's like, I just have a contact number if I need last minute delivery. And Ma- Mac's like, that'll do. But I don't think he knows anything about him selling guns. He might, but I don't, I'm not sure. I wasn't clear on that. I couldn't, I got the sense that Minton, that he has the sense that Minton might be in something. He's like, he's been here about three, oh, that's right. He's been here about three years. They call him the gun man. Yeah. And he's like, all I can tell you is I got a contact number in case I'm running low. He deliver- He supplies my liquor for me. And Mac's like, that'll work. Mm-hmm. Give me the number. And uh, MacGyver, as he's leaving, he's like, Stump, you got any kids? He's like, I got four grandkids, too. And MacGyver's like, listen. He's like, why don't you come to the Challengers Club? We're having a meeting with all the neighborhood parents, and we're going to discuss the gang problem. But Stumpy's like, yeah, no, I'm all set. Yeah, I'm not coming. And my, for my note was, he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course he'll be <laughs> He's going to be there. No, no, no problem. So we're back at the Challengers Club, and Regina's trying to like get all the parents involved in this this meeting, and no one is interested in mm-hmm. participating in this meeting. Like nobody wants to deal with this. They don't want to do any. They don't want to do any of the legwork. They they they're just not interested in coming mm-hmm. to this meeting. And MacGyver. So this is the first train. This is I think this is the first reference to the Phoenix Foundation that we get in quite a few episodes. Mm. MacGyver had the foundation trace. The number that Stumpy gave him, and it was actually traced to a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And Virginia um, somehow knows someone at the Black City Beat magazine. Yeah, so she's going to get the subscriber base uh-huh. because MacGyver deduces that whoever has the Black Beat, Black City Beat at the shipping office, clearly is the same person that is at this that is in this neighborhood. And I think so basically deducing that it's it's gunman that is Minton. He's got to figure out where he lives. The funny thing is though, um MacGyver was just assaulted by Minton, yep. but maybe MacGyver doesn't know, but he doesn't do anything about it. Right. He just breaks out of where he was ca- held captive. Right. And goes straight to Stumpy's. Yep. He does. Okay, there's that. But okay, so yeah, I think it's funny though that so so fake Cynthia wants her friend at Black City Beat to find yeah. the person who's been ordering these magazines. Yeah. When aren't the addresses on the cover of the magazine when they mail them? One would imagine they would be. Yep. Unless he's lifting them from the library. And in that case, there's no way you're going to find it. Right. You would imagine that the addresses would be on there. And we do find out that there are only three people in that neighborhood with subscriptions to Black City Beat. And we're going to get... I, ha- I have a real problem with this with that scene when MacGyver finds Minton's house, but we'll get there because Me too. Because we meet Hard Rock in this next scene. Oh, Hard Rock. So it's, it's evening at the Challengers Club, and Kelvin's outside playing basketball mm. when uh, one of the Ice Boys gangers shows up. I like Hard Rock. You know what? I have a a bike from 1998. It's made by Specialized and is the Hard Rock edition. Is it really? I still have it and I ride it regularly. Do you really? I do. That's amazing. It's the Hard Rock. The Hard Rock edition. But this this Hard Rock is um Boy, he's really something, isn't he, Greg? <laughs> I love this guy. This is only scene in the episode ta- speaking. His only speaking scene. Yeah, he has a few episode. other lines here and there, but this is a big scene. So he comes by. So apparently Hard Rock works at an auto garage, mm. and Minton had taken his van there uh, at one point earlier in the week. And while they were working on that, 
Hard Rock had overheard Minton slip that he was going to meet with the Oliver Street gang the next day at an abandoned brewery because, of course, another abandoned warehouse mm-hmm. has to come into play. Yeah, in, in MacGyver's town. In MacGyver's town. So there's so many abandoned things around MacGyver. Right. Like, like, and I think they have gotten exponential. Like, there weren't that many abandoned facilities. Be- well, maybe there were. We always had MacGyver, like, out of the country right. in the early seasons. Just wait till the next episode because there's more abandoned warehouses. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so apparently Minton is going to be meeting with the Oliver Street gang the, the next day at this wherever this abandoned brewery is in MacGyver's neighborhood. So Kelvin asks Hard Rock, like, hey, why didn't you just kill Minton right on the spot? Like, why didn't you kill him there for selling guns to our rivals? Oh no, it was it was he was talking to um uh there was some was it Minton? I thought he was talking to the, somebody from the the uh damn it, I'm all confused. Right, no, it was Gunman who killed. I'm I'm all confused. I'm all confused, Dave. I know he want. They said, "Why didn't you kill so and so while he was there?" Right, but yeah, he's like, "Why?" I think they have so they they're asking Hard Rock, "Why didn't you just take Minton out while you were there?" And then right. Hard Rock says, "Why didn't you take Minton out because Brian's taking the fall for him?" Right, that's what it was. Yes, and Hard Rock says, "Well." Why why kill one when we can kill everybody? So the idea is is that they're going to get all the Oliver Street gang together and Minton in one place and take everyone out at the same time. Yeah. So it's like so that's the whole idea is that there's going to be this big war at this abandoned brewery. So they're going to get the the Oliver Street gang. They're going to get Minton together and they're just going to kill everyone at once. And they're going to dance fight. Oh man, I know, right? I really wish it would have been a dance fight. That oh, would have been great. A dance fight off. So here we go. This is one of my biggest issues with the episode. So the next morning, MacGyver has gotten these three addresses from Regina's contact, and mm-hmm. he's going through. And you can clearly tell that he's already checked one of the houses because the first name is crossed off. Yeah. The second name says Kobe Minton. Why did he not just go to Minton's address? He knows who Minton is. Why did he have to go to the first house? He clearly went to the first one. Yes. The second house is Minton's name. Why Why did he not go to Kobe Minton's house first? Do you think that maybe he just scribbled out the first name? He's like, I'm not going there. You know what? I really would rather think of it that way than MacGyver being stupid enough not to look and say, oh, wait, Minton Liquors, Kobe Minton. I'm going to go to this house. No, but you know what? We should check out here. We should check Juan Schwartz first. Yeah. Just to see if he, like, right. I would really hope that maybe he just crossed it and off. And wh- when we learn a little bit more about Minton, I have a big problem with 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 his modus operandi. So let's go there. So MacGyver gets out and he starts, before not not even knocking on the door, he just starts rifling through Minton's trash. Which is just like, and that, here's the thing. So MacGyver walks up. We all see as the audience, we recognize the big white truck in his driveway. Exactly. MacGyver's exactly. never seen it before, but that's fine. And if if MacGyver suspects Minton to be gunman who who murdered uh, uh, Playa G, yeah. I would assume Minton is tremendously dangerous. And I'm not going to go digging around in his trash in broad daylight. Right. But that's what he does. And lo and behold, Minton opens the back door. Can I help you? And and like, <laughs> again, like the Mr. Horse thing, like in Ren and Stimpy. How you doing? Uh, I'm not trying to hide anything in here. Like, yeah. it's, it's great. Like, it was so creepy because he like, he opens the door and kind of rolls his face around like the door frame. Yeah. Like, what you doing and it was just, I mean, it was super, this whole scene played out really effectively. Why are you digging around in my stuff? And so the story goes that for 12 years, was it 12 years? Yeah, a good chunk of it time. It was 12 years. He was the inner, inner city cop. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was like a big wig cop in, in this, in this area or whatever area it was. Um, he was injured in a shootout and because of that injury, uh, not only did he, I don't know why he lost his family, mm. but he lost his job as well. It was something, it was gang related and so, the way that he reacted to something. Yeah. I forget exactly, but kind of as a result of his actions and the situation, he got let go and lost custody of his family or maybe it worked out to that. Like he lost everything because he just couldn't handle it. Right, 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 right. So he's now for, God knows how long he's been planning this. He's planning to get payback on the gangers because nobody cares about them anyway. Mm-hmm. So his whole idea is that he's going to put 
both sets of the gang together yeah. and then kill them all. Well, he's been because he's like for the past three or so years, he's he he told his whole backstory to MacGyver. He's like, I did this, I did this, mm-hmm. and for the past several years, I've been selling crack and guns to both sides, hoping they destroy each other. Right, because it doesn't matter. Right, and now my whole thing is, I played them against each other, so they'll both show up at this abandoned brewery i'm gonna watch them kill each other for a while then i'm gonna blow them all up yeah i mean Whoa. shit dude this guy is just like he's my favorite character he's he, just so, I, he was really good he's right up there with like not maybe not as sadistic as zito he's pretty but, close but just as psychotic is there's that a the word yeah there's Psychopathic. a psychosis there's a psychosis here yes Whoo, you're, you're like Whoa. and so macgyver basically tries to like very very quickly tell him oh no no people do care about what's going on and mittens like fuck off it's like then why aren't they doing anything right about it? right and so he very easily takes macgyver prisoner well macgyver's like yeah it's like because they don't have time or they give them time yeah and mittens like yeah, no no i'm good but great acting with this because all of a sudden like Minton lashes out like he's just like his his predict he's very unpredictable which I loved lashes out grabs MacGyver at gunpoint says and I'm gonna throw you in there with them like because basically he has his truck and he's yeah he takes MacGyver hostage now I'm just gonna step a little bit back here going back to the magazine and the address and everything yeah yeah so if 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 Colby Minton is uh as, was a former police officer. He's probably pretty pretty savvy. Yeah. Um. Why would he have those magazines and everything mailed to his actual residence? I don't know. I don't know. I would just you know go randomly and buy them maybe in a store here and there, or just have them shipped to your office, right? At Minton, or Liquors. just or nothing that has that's attached to your name, right? A because, PO box. I don't know, right? You would imagine that he wouldn't, because he's clearly, so he's bringing these magazines from his home to his office when he could have just had them shipped to the office. Like, right. that could have been the shipping address. Right. I don't know. There are a lot of a lot of things. Basically, he, I think he was just, like, getting cocky because he had a lot of loose ends all over the place. He wasn't doing a very good job about covering his tracks. Right. But at the same token, I don't think he felt like he had to because he had the town in the palm of his hand as yeah. far as the gangs go. Absolutely. And he knew the cops weren't really paying attention. Oh, for sure. So maybe he, he had some false sense of security there. Yeah. So he takes MacGyver and he throws MacGyver into the back of the van, cuffs him to the floor, duct tapes his mouth shut, and just starts driving towards the abandoned mm-hmm. brewery. Mm-hmm. While this is all happening, Regina's home and she, she comes home. Kelvin is leaving the house. He runs into a car because it's assumed that he has now joined the Ice Boys gang, mm-hmm. and he's getting ready to leave with them, because yeah. something big's brewing. Yeah, and this is great, because Regina's like, don't you go with them. Get out of that car. Get out of that car. And he's like, no, just, he tells his buddies, to, we gotta drive, we gotta drive. But Regina stands in front of the car. Which is like, great. W- w- won't let it go. Like She's standing, won't, she's like, you gotta run me over if you're gonna go. And his his buddy at the, at the, uh, the driver's seat is like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, just back up. Just back up. Go the other way. Smart. So <laughs> <Just> go around her. <laughs> he puts it in reverse and backs up down the street. Like, I thought maybe she he was pinned in between a car behind him. Yeah. But no, he just backs up. And she's... I felt bad for, like, Regina's, like, crying in the middle of the street because... It was good. Her, her, her first son's been killed. Her yeah. second son is in jail for under presumption that he murdered somebody, and the third son's gone off to kind of get vengeance on this whole thing. Right he, now, he's actually now uh, he's joined a gang. Right, so he's and following so, in like, his brother's footsteps. Everything's falling apart in front of her. Right, which is terrible. And we don't see the father, so maybe he's just not around, or maybe he was killed. I don't know. Right, exactly. Um, or maybe it's MacGyver. Who knows? Um, so Regina goes to the neighborhood meeting and she's trying to like rally the other parents. Like we need to do something. We, we have to, you're all ignoring these problems. And and the parents are like, they're like defending themselves. They're like, no, Mm -hmm. like we're, we're just, we're, we're, they're, they're wanting to stay out of this. They don't want anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, Mr. Stumpy arrives shockingly and all the parents start like shitting on stumpy mm-hmm. like they're accusing him of selling booze and alcohol and also being like you're and- giving you're giving the uh the oliver street gang a hangout this isn't you know this is bad like what are you doing he's like i don't i don't have a choice yeah yeah exactly he's just like i i have a stake in this problem too i have grandchildren this is all about this is about this is about me just as much as it's about you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about this. And so he tells them where these two gangs are about to go face off. 
And Regina starts to leave with Stumpy, and none of the parents are following. Right. And they're like, where are you going? This is not... And Regina steps forward and said, well, this is our responsibility to do this. And one of the women not says, the police. Right. Well, one of the women says, I'm going to call the police. If you want to go there by yourself, you're, that's fine. You're crazy. And Regina's like, no, no police. It's this like, is our responsibility. Which is like, okay. I mean, okay. Sure. I get it. Um, I trust that you don't trust the police anymore. They haven't done anything. But at the same token, I'd be like, I'm not going to go there by myself. Right. Um, I mean, we're talking potentially in this episode, like, this is the biggest gang standoff in the city's history, probably. and you're not going to let the cops know that this shit's about to happen? They'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. Maybe they would, but I'm just like, God, that, like, doesn't really strike true. Like, this just doesn't ring right to me for some reason. Right. Well, I mean, fine. Like, and it makes sense, like, if they've, they've, over the years, they've just been not handling things well and just, like, apathetic to everything. Right. And it's like, it seems like MacGyver's feeling the same way, like, just, I can't do anything about this, like, right. I can't uh, change the way people are thinking, I can't change the culture, I can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's just getting fed up, so I, there's probably there's probably truth in that. Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely. But at the same token, I'm like, these guys are armed to the teeth. I don't know if I want to go there by myself. But she's like, they're our kids. We have to take care of this. We have to do it. And so Regina leaves, and eventually all the parents do follow her out to where they're, where the, aban- the abandoned brewery. Yeah. So we cut to Minton again, and he's arrived in the van. MacGyver's cuffed to the back. He has lined the entire back of the van with dynamite. It's awesome. Every last like inch of this is like dynamite, top to maybe not every inch, but like top to bottom. Yeah, it's just dynamite. There's he, a lot. He's rigged the detonator on the front seat and he's locked it in place. It's getting mm-hmm. ready to go. He's and, he, and then he takes the remote and he runs into the brewery up to like the second floor so yeah. he can get a good shot once he knows that both because I think together. It, I think it's fantastic that every abandoned facility in MacGyver world is unlocked. All right, absolutely. I just wanted to comment on that. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So, in true MacGyver fashion, he dumps over a box and a champagne bottle of champagne comes falling out. He takes the wire from the cork, the cork fastening, uh, and picks the locks on his manacles. <laughs> manacles? I love that word. And he picks the lock and he gets the cuffs off. Yep, of course he does. Uh, and he basically... He walks out the back door because Minton didn't lock it. Right. And he goes to the front, front door's locked of the car, of the van, uh-huh. and he looks up and he sees Minton like just kind of like hanging by a window. Uh-huh. And so he runs and he goes off to follow him. And as we see this is happening, the two gangs are very slowly walking towards each other. Well, they show up in all their and cars closer. and stuff, and it's all kind of like, you know, uh, stereotypical like cars with hydraulics and shiny and like, you know, souped up. Yeah. Just like, okay, all right fine then they all get out of their cars it's like a big showdown it's a big empty parking lot drop let's draw this out as long as yeah, possible they get out of the cars they all kind of like are flashing their guns they're talking shit to one another they all line up perfectly like a football team oh yeah and then uh they just start walking towards each other and they just stand there and it want they when they finally get to about i don't know like what 10 12 feet away from each other let's 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 not go with feet let's go with paces 10 12 paces away from each other and they just draw their guns and just stand there for a disgusting long amount of time just pointing their guns at each other like i didn't i guess this is how you this is like like you know back in the day like civil war battlefield like front line like you just stand and fight and shoot at each other it's probably what it was going to happen. I really wanted this to end like the end of Anchorman 1 and 2 with the news anchor battle. Yes. Where just like the tough boys come out from the corner and then Breeze's gang comes out from the other corner. Oh, that'd be amazing. And they amazing. all just like circle around each other. They all start fighting each other. <laughs> That's what I wanted to have happen. Yeah. But no, we get them just standing 10, 12 paces away with their guns drawn on each other's faces. And they're not saying anything nope, to each other. they're just anymore. standing silently. Minton is still watching as we see MacGyver is slowly coming up the stairs behind him uh-huh. to try to get that um, to get the detonator out of his hands. Uh, MacGyver gets up and he just like slams Minton into the wall. Mm-hmm. They get into a big tussle. A great fight, by the way. Oh, it was fantastic. I thought the, I thought the Minton MacGyver fight was awesome. It was great. Uh, MacGyver attacks him from behind, dislodges the remote control that falls down the stairs. But Minton's a scrappy guy, and he, and he just beats the shit out of Mac. Oh, he punches he him a bunch of times, wails on him. him in the guts, throwing him down the stairs. But it doesn't stop. And they fall down the stairs and they keep fighting, just in time. For 
a few more people to show up. A few more people show up. Um, but at this point, MacGyver has gotten Minton shoved out the window. Right. And now Minton is hanging out the window and it distracts the gang. Right. And they're all like, whoa, oh, And they just see like MacGyver standing over this guy hanging from the window of the second floor of an abandoned brewery. <laughs> I know. And they're like, that's, that's gunmen. Yeah. It's MacGyver. What is going on here? The only one that recognizes MacGyver is, uh, is Kelvin. Right. Kelvin doesn't recognize them yet. So, Greg, at this point, they're all looking up at uh, the gunman and MacGyver, and MacGyver is trying very hard to pull Minton back in through the window. And, Greg, who arrives to uh, finish off this gunfight? One by one in like this big posse of like old, <laughs> old people cars. All of the gang members' mothers show up. Mothers and fathers show up. To break up this the showdown, because that's the only way that it can be done with no police, but with the love of the community. And I believe that. I believe that to be true. <laughs> but it's just like it. Like I, oh man, this is just cheesy in I a called, good way. I called such bullshit. However, it was funny to see some of the mamas like yelling at their kids. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and they're all put your guns down. Like the kids are starting to drop their like, gang members. I just say are like dr- like dropping their heads in shame, and are like I'm like no, oh, sorry, mom, sorry, mom. I didn't mean to do that. It's like you just like you just broke a window in the house. You know that kind of feeling. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know, man. I would like like if these gangs were as brutal as was earlier stated. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that their parents would be able to stop them from this. Well, you know what's really interesting. So since um, I wonder if anything would have been different if uh, if uh. I want to call him Papa G. Player G. Player G was there. You know what? I wonder if Player G was the the I, linchpin. I think he was the linchpin because he was the one with all the guns, with all the crack. That's true. If Player G was there, I think they would have been all dead. He would have shot before he even got out of the car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they all would have been dead. Absolutely. Yeah. End of series. Done. So I think maybe that's why this kind of ended in a fizzle because there was nobody as crazy as Player G. It's true. Because you imagine Player G probably has no family get a life on the streets i guess so <laughs> um so macgyver brings minton down and basically explains once again that minton was planning on taking care of this gang problem by detonating an explosive in his van and killing everyone at once <sighs> but i don't understand minton fought so voraciously but with did- macgyver and then got defenestrated but didn't fall out all the way and macgyver pulled him back in and kind of just kind of muscled him down the stairs and he really didn't fight Calmly and that was down. it and macgyver was just holding him there saying this guy was playing all of you yeah like that's that's it like minton isn't minton's nuts like yeah minton isn't just gonna give up and he just waits for the cops to arrive right but not before stumpy gets in the middle of everyone because oh, they're because they're all trying to get these guys to drop their guns and like stop doing this and so stumpy finally like gets in the middle of it and starts screaming at these gangs he's like enough is enough y'all need to give up this violence people are dying on these blah, blah. he got he's so mad ape shit on these kids and that's enough because one by one they all start dropping their guns down to the ground and uh-huh. sort of basically just like giving up their life on the streets except for one who has a gun uh. and walks away i don't remember what his name was no no they don't say anything at the end because macgyver just goes hey and he turns around and uh. just like angrily drops his gun and just continues walking down the, like down the alleyway i want to know more about that guy what was his deal i know was that that wasn't hard rock was it no hard rock was on the uh, the ice boys he was on the ice boys this was a member of the oliver street gang oh that's right the osg osg yeah so i think that this guy he had a really hard time he put the gun down but for some reason either he's gonna be back you know down the road or, in the next or, three episodes or, or no meaning oh, like oh, oh, he's okay. gonna be back to <laughs> cause trouble gotcha or he's gonna go on walkabout for about five years and then come back a changed man like long hair you know, and just like very one with the world. I think he's going to go and almost die in the desert and then have his life change. Can I have a fever dream of Standing Wolf? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Standing Wolf. Oh my, oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, (laughs) Wouldn't it be great at the as, as he walks away, the the camera cuts and follows him instead of the rest of the story, and it goes on this whole like two hour saga of him. There's your TV movie. That's it. What Holy happened to shit. what's his name after he left the Ice Boy? Uh, after he left uh, 
the uh, Oliver Street gang. He gets high with Standing Wolf and two eagles. <laughs> he has a fever dream in the middle of the <laughs> desert <laughs> and wakes up wakes up a couple years later like in a in a drainage ravine in Los Angeles. The withered husks of Standing Wolf, but it's not a wolf, it's just a dead guy. <laughs> it's just a dead guy. <laughs> So uh, we come back from commercial, and once again, we have another Phoenix Foundation initiative. It is the Green the Scene Project. Spearheaded by MacGyver. Spearheaded by MacGyver, uh, given the go-ahead by the Phoenix Foundation. Mm. And the gangers are there, their parents are there, the local the local police. Sergeant Mullins is there. He's happily participating in the Green the Scene initiative. Yep. Um, Brian has been cleared of the murder charge, and... Uh, Regina has these final words with MacGyver. Your project, Green the Scene, is working, MacGyver, in more ways than one. The trick is, keep it working. Guns, drugs, gangs. We got a lot of bad habits to break in our community. If we don't, these bad habits are going to destroy us. It don't have to be doggy dog. It can be people respecting people. All right. Maybe the kids have some role models now. <laughs> All right, Regina. It don't have to be dog eat dog. It can be people eating people. <laughs> it could be Soylent Green. It's fine. It's fine. Soylent Green the scene. That's what it is. <gasps> oh, that's what it really is. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, that's where we end, Greg. And God almighty, I hated this episode. Oh, wow. I mean, I I didn't like it. It wasn't... It wasn't good, but there are a lot of bits about it that I did like. So I have a bunch of mullets for the parts that I, l- I enjoyed. Get it? Much like the last episode, where I, yeah, so what you got? I, I gave one mully for one mully. <laughs> I got one mully. <laughs> I got one mully. I've it's I so early, it, Greg. It's only seven o'clock. I know, right? I gave it one mullet for Regina's home surgery after getting shot in the shoulder. Okay, how the paramedics just stitched her up on her couch in her living room. Sure. Um, one mullet for gunman. Aka uh, Minton. Yep, I thought he was great. I, I the creepiest character, one of the weirdest. Like I just liked him, except for the end. Like his character traits didn't pan out with the way that he gave up. No. Um, one mullet for Mac losing his shit a couple of times, screaming about how guns are bad and how you guys got to stop killing each other. Like he legitimately lost it a couple of times. Oh yeah. Um, and a mullet for Stumpy because I really liked him. Now when they first said Stumpy. I thought Stumpy might have been, been because maybe he was missing some fingers. See, I mm, that would have been you know, that like would have been he, cool. Maybe he's you know he was a chef or something and he cut off his thumb. I don't know, but he, it doesn't really matter because Stumpy's a fun name. And uh, I thought his little speech at the end was enjoyable. So this episode for me was taxing to watch. Okay, but I enjoyed some aspect of it so that i gave it four mullets but it's not a good episode all right well i i bumped mine up a half a mullet okay so i got i gave stumpy a mullet i gave a half a mullet to hard rock (laughs) oh yeah hard rock we didn't talk about him that much i would like to play some of his stuff but whatever yeah and then i gave minton another half okay um so i I could only muster up two. i thought macgyver was a piece of shit in this episode and i really (laughs) didn't like him um but two mullets for me, I, I was just it was just okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't okay. It was bad. You I just didn't like it. I just didn't like the episode. Um Greg, we're coming down to the wire here, man. I'm ready. We are three episodes away from the series finale. Um Are you ready for the next episode? I wanna be I have to be ready. You have to be ready. You've got to give it your all for I'm, the next three. I'm beyond ready, David. All right. The next episode is season seven, episode twelve. Off the wall. Okay. When his grandmother is suddenly evicted from her apartment, a young graffiti artist enlists MacGyver's help in battling greedy landlords and corrupt city officials. It's, uh... Well, we'll get into it in the next episode, but this is a, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I, I had high praise for this episode, for me at least, because it's just fucking ridiculous. Um, but Greg, do you have any closing thoughts or notes about this episode? Episode? Yeah. The the current one that we just talked yeah. about, no, not really. Okay, I know what I know what. Um, what's it called? Cord Cord Cosmoline is you do you do know what Cosmoline? I learned is. I learned about Cosmoline. Oh wait, did we tell everyone how he broke into the shipping office? Oh shit, yeah. So back when back before like MacGyver was finding where all the guns are, 
I think it's funny because he actually had to kick the air conditioner out of its brackets to give the the doorknob a hand job yes. and open it from the inside. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I think people yeah. would have gotten lost back the, earlier in the episode. But that's going to wrap it up for uh, 136 of Mullets and Memories. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and let us know and find us on Facebook at Champa and Klein Blow Your Mind. You can find us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. You can find us on Instagram, Champa Klein. You can email us, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, champacline.com, where not only can you find mullets and memories, but you can also find our episodes of, um, well, soon to be Champa and Klein, the Night Rider years. Uh, Greg and I are looking forward to that. We'll be launching that in September, so go ahead over there and subscribe to that. Champa and Klein, blow your mind, soon to be the Night Rider years. And you can also find on the website the 1440 hour 24-hour podcast, so be sure and check those out. Um, you can also consider leaving us a, an iTunes review, even though Greg and I are like four episodes away from closing this one out. Um, it might be nice to have a couple extras. Yeah, review us. Or if you want to review us on Champion Climb, Blow Your Mind, before we launch Night Rider. Yeah, tell us how we're doing before we release it. Before we release it, that would be kind of fun. Give us some reviews that. in advance. Uh, we'll, we'll try to live up to it. Advanced reviews would be great. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. So for Mullets and Memories, I am Stumpy's Missing Fingers. I am MacGyver's Air Conditioner Removal Service. <laughs> Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, and maybe it's time.